So, there's this thing that's true in our family. I can recognize my three children merely by how they walk. Is this true in your family? I mean, there's kind of this weird thing where you can like hear someone come down the hall and you're like, that's dad. He's like stomping down the hall, right? I mean, there's this weird thing. We have three kids. I've mentioned them last night, introduced you to them by some stories. They're always like, dad, you're telling stories on us again. But the three kids walk differently down the hallway, especially in the morning. Uh, my oldest daughter, she's a ballerina. Uh, she's actually also in a play. She's Lucy in The Lion, uh, the, the, Lion the Witch, and the Wardrobe uh, here in town. And, and she's very light on her feet. Uh, we call her Grace. She was, uh, she's very small for her age. And like you just hear like almost like the ballerina footprint. Like just even she gets up in the middle of the night and it's like, oh, that's Grace. She's just like very quiet and dainty and does everything that way. That is not my son. Like, my son's pace is to just run anywhere he goes, right? Like, to bed. He's like, run to bed! Okay! I mean, he's like the little kid um, that's um, of the, what's the, the Incredibles. Like, that's him, right? Um, so, in, when he was younger, like three years old, we had this wood floor. And, and he would come in the morning at 5 a.m. And we'd hear his feet. Not just like slow feet, just down through the wood floor. And he'd come into our room, and he'd pull off our blankets. And he'd be like, Mom, Dad, I'm hungry. Feed me breakfast. Like, what in the world, right? Don't wake me up at 5 a.m. Right? So he'd, he'd be that. Now, our youngest daughter, she's stealthy. Like, okay, I don't know what this is about her, but you can't hear her coming. So picture yourself this. Picture yourself sleeping. All of a sudden, there's this person standing over you. <laughs> my wife the other day, kid you not, this happened the other day again. Like, my wife wakes up the other day, and she's just like, slow wake up, and there's this person breathing. She sucks her thumb, breathing over the top of her. She's like, ah! Right? I'm like, what's going on? We're being robbed. No, it's just Ellie. She's creeper. Um, and, and she's kind of that way. And, and, and you can hear it. Now we have stairs as well. So the way that we can hear her, um, she will like butt bump down the stairs in the sense she'll be like, pff, 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 pff. And you're like, oh no, she just fell. No, she just knows how to slide down those stairs. Right? And, and so she's everywhere in the morning, especially, she's just like sleeping, just like slow. Creeper, right? Creeper walk. Here's the thing about our walk. I don't know if you know this or not. That our walk is so unique that right now they're studying. uh, University of Georgia is a good example. Uh, I think it's Georgia Tech, actually. Is studying how we walk, the biometrics of our walk. Because here's what they believe. They believe with a 90 to 95% accuracy, they can identify you as an individual by merely how you walk. I mean, you've seen this in the movies, right? Kind of the technology, future, forecast of it. The idea, I was watching like a Marvel movie or something like that. And they're like, oh, we know where this guy is because all the cameras that are all over town uh, have now recognized his gait, his walk. 90 to 95% accuracy. Like your thumbprint and your eye are about the only two things that are more accurate than that is what the studies are saying. Now, this is going to make you a little more self-conscious as you walk. Like you're going to leave this place, you're going to be like, trying to figure out a new way to walk, Right? And, and and here's the deal, they're measuring like as you walk, they're measuring how high and low, like the uh, wave length uh, of your head as it bobs up and down. Like how large of steps you typically take. If you have a limp, if you know there's anything unique about your walk. And it's true in our families, but you know that this is true about people as well. Like even, even the walks that we had in that hundred walk video at the beginning of the service today, like some of those, we didn't even have to put the label up at the bottom. You knew by his walk what he was trying to do. Oh, that's a cowboy. Oh, that's a ballerina. That's a waiter. Okay. And, and here's the question. So if Paul says, I want you to walk like Jesus. I mean, imagine if we had done that to the three youth ministers who were playing the game up here. Okay, walk like Jesus. They would have been like, 
I'm sure Alan Todd would have come up with something. But, but the reality is, it's like, okay, well, okay, Paul, tell us how to walk like Jesus. So if, if I'm going to give you my sermon in a sentence, here it is. Okay, here's the sermon in a sentence. When we walk like with Jesus, when we walk with Jesus, we should begin to walk like him. When we say this, Jesus, I want to follow you. I want to leave my old life behind. I want to follow you. That should actually start to change how we walk. Now, I don't know if you've ever had this kind of a moment, maybe with a friend, maybe with your own self, where you had this conversation where you're like, okay, you're saying you want to follow Jesus, but like, you're either at some point following him or you're not. Like, yeah, 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 I want to follow Jesus, I trust him, I trust what he says, I trust that it's true, just, I don't want to follow him there. No, 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 at some point, and I realize you're not going to be perfect at this, my kids had to learn how to walk, right? And, and if of course, that first few steps is like little, like, whoa, what's going on here? And a few stumbles and falls, but eventually they're learning how to walk and they're becoming better at this until they hit like, I don't know, age 13. And then it's like revert, figure that all out again. I had size, when I was 13 years old, I had size 13 shoe. I was six foot tall. Like I had to like figure out how to like walk again, right? But this, this journey for us of walking like Jesus, it never stops. And so even your sponsors in the room, they're still trying to figure this out. How do I walk like Jesus? How do I walk away from some of the ways that I was living and walking before? And how do I walk more like him today? When we walk with Jesus, we should begin to walk more like Jesus. Let me, let me trace this word in Ephesians. Okay, we've been studying Ephesians. Last night we ended in chapter 2. Chapter 2, verses 1 through 2, however, says this. And you, you were dead, we said that last night, in your trespasses and sins, in which you used to, the NIV translates it, the New International Version, translates it lived, in which you used to live, or once walked, is how the ESV translates it. This word can mean either or. I mean, the word literally is the idea of like walking around, but you understand that that's why it it can be translated live because that's, they're the same thing. How you walk around is how you live. Well, Paul in Ephesians loves this word. Like he just starts rattling off in the next few chapters. Okay. So you're not dead any longer. You're not living dead. Great. You're following Jesus. Okay. What does it look like? Like almost like think about this as like a biometric scan. What does Jesus walk like? How do I walk more like him? So we start walking through some of these texts and we start to discover that, that Jesus has a very unique walk himself. And, and so we, we turn to chapter 2, verse 10. We are his workmanship. We're going to come back to this verse in a little while. We are his workmanship. We are created. Notice the idea of new creation. God created us, but he's also recreating us. He created us in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. There's some ways that God created you on purpose to walk. And then notice chapter 4, verses 1 through 3. I therefore, Paul, a prisoner of the Lord, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have been called. With all humility and gentleness and patience and bearing with one another in love. We're going to come back to that word, bearing with one another. Eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace. We turn the page in Ephesians, chapter 4, verse 17. You must no longer walk as the Gentiles do. If you're not familiar with that word, it's those who are non-Jewish. So we don't, we don't walk like they do, the people who don't worship God as the true God. We no longer walk as they do in the futility of their minds. Verse 20 goes on to say, that's not what you learned. That's not how you learned how to walk in Jesus. Chapter 5, verses 1 through 2. Therefore, be imitators of God. This is the word mime. We get our word mime from this word. Be imitators of God as beloved children. Walk in love as Christ loved us. Notice what Paul's saying. Walk like him. 
Chapter 5, verse 8. At one time you were in darkness, but now you are in the light of the Lord. Walk as children of light. And the last one, chapter 5, verse 15 through 17. Look carefully then how you walk. That's what we're going to do today. We're going to evaluate, not as long as we did last night, for about 20 minutes or so, how do you walk? Because if we've said we've died to some things, and we want to live like Jesus and live with Jesus, then we should begin to walk with like Him. So look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise, making the best use of your time. Because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I believe this, that Jesus came here on earth, and part of the reason was, yes, to die for our sins. But there's also a reason why we see this extended storyline of his ministry. Jesus also came to show us how to walk, how to interact with other people, and how to live our lives. We were created to walk like him. A number of years ago, it was actually 11 years ago, I can, I can count it because it was when my daughter was born. I started uh, picking up running again. I know you can't really tell, but uh, I had been a football player, a basketball player in high school, and, uh, and just kind of college and all of those things. So went, okay, I need to get back in shape. So I started running, like half a mile, right? I'd walk, run half a mile, and be like, oh, I ran half a mile, yes. And then I ran like a mile. I'm like, I ran a mile. I remember it took me back to like junior high when like PE, they make you run around the block for a mile. And you're like, a mile, man. I'm like, I was in junior high. Great shape, right? <laughs> and then, and then I was like, I'm going to run a 5K, right? I'm going to run a 5K. It's going to be slow. Oompa Loompa kind of run, but I'm going to run a 5K. I ran a 5K. I'm like, this is great. And then I was like, what's next? Now I'm not a long distance runner. 5K is as long as I had ever run. And someone's like, Sticker on the back of the window, 13 point whatever it is, one, right? I'm like, half marathon. I was like, I better get good shoes for this, right? Because normally my shoes are like, where do I go? Oh, let's go to J.C. Penny Coles. I don't know. Where do I go to get shoes? So I'm like, I'm going to go to like a legit running store to get shoes. I mean, as a kid, this is like, you know, making sure that you go to the right place to get the right basketball shoes. I mean, I'm like, I'm going to be a runner. I weigh over 200 pounds, but I'm going to be a runner, right? And so I go into this store and here's what they do. They put you on a treadmill, and they videotape it at this store. I'm feeling a little self-conscious at this point, to be quite honest. Oompa Loompa running on the treadmill, right? Here we go. And, and then they play it back in slow motion. And a person, this like really healthy, fit, college-age student's watching this video of like, here's everything that's messed up in your biomechanics of how you run. I'm like, oh, I'm going to kill myself running, right? Like, this is going to be a horrible experience. So I go out and I run this half marathon. It's also sponsored by the store uh, in Champaign, uh, Illinois. And, and as I, I go out, like, filling out the little name tag, I'm, like, writing on the back of it my name, emergency contact number. I'm like, this is like a dog tag in case I die, right? <laughs> this is horrible. So I fill out this name, and, and, and I go, and I run, and, and I try to, you know, do some of the things that they've told me to do to make sure that, like, my body doesn't fall apart halfway through, and, and, and I run this race, and it's slow, it's slow, and, and, but I finish, and I'm like, yeah, this is great, and it kind of becomes addicting, and I, I do it again a couple years later, and it's faster. I ran at a 9.15 pace, which is slow, but for me, it was my best pace. I just quit right there, retired, hey, hung it up, and you saw the medal last night. But, but this moment of, like, getting on the treadmill going, how are how's this going? Biomechanics. That's, that's a little bit about what I want to do in this moment with these texts. And it's not so that we can walk like Jesus in, or, in order to earn an attaboy. Hey, great job. No, no, no. See, Ephesians says, it's by grace you've been saved, not because of works. 
It's not because you're walking like Jesus that God goes, okay, now I love you. Now I'll give you good uh, mercy. Now I'll give you grace. No, it's like Romans says, while we were still sinners, Christ came and he loved us and he died for us. Like God demonstrated his love that way. So this is in response to that, where we go, God, because of this love, because of this mercy, because of this grace, I want to be like Jesus. Because I trust him. One of the ways you can test whether or not you really trust Jesus is that you will listen to what he says, even though it may go against something that you want. Because you trust that he's good and that he loves you and that he wants life for you, not to keep life from you. If you get that, that's going to take you a long way to walking more like Jesus, that he loves you. He understands you. He created you. He wants life for you, not death for you. And, and by following Jesus, he wants you to walk more and more like he did when he was here. So Paul picks up on this theme throughout this letter, and we're going to look back at these. But again, notice this, this word, uh, word in chapter 2, verse 10. We're going to come back to that verse. We are his workmanship. Uh, from this word, it's translated a couple of ways, workmanship or handiwork. Uh, the word that we get from this is the word poem. Like is in poetry. Now my 11 year old daughter came home and wrote a poem the other day. And it was one of those things like as a dad, like when she reads the poem, I'm like, that's horrible. I didn't say that out loud, right? But you're like, oh, but you know, she had spent time in school crafting this poem. I hope that she, now I'm like, oh, this is recorded, right? Um, but here's the thing. When I'm even looking at my daughter, here's what I know about her. Like I love her no matter what she's done, right? This is relationship. Well, here's the thing, like God has created, you are his creation. No matter how you walk, he looks at you like I look at my daughter, no matter what she creates, I love her. And so we have this dynamic where we are his handiwork. He knows who we are. He knows how we're broken. He knows our flaws. He knows our struggles. And he's recreating us in Christ Jesus for these good works. To do something in the world, to accomplish something, even in your own. And I know, I know, I know, I know. This is one of the struggles you have in, in high school. Is you're like waiting for God to do something big with you. Like someday. No, no, no. Like part of the whole walking around metaphor is like it's kind of just like every day. How do you walk like Jesus as you're like walking around? How you follow Jesus should change your everyday moments before they ever change your epic moments. So how did Jesus walk? Well, there's a couple things that we would, we would say. Number one, we can observe that Jesus walked in unity. Now, in the context of Ephesians, the unity is described between the Jewish people and the Gentiles who have come to Jesus and said, we want to follow Jesus. And Paul is saying, okay, but it's going to be a struggle for you to walk in unity because you're so different. <laughs> there's people in your group that are vastly different as well. Are there some people in your group who are morning people? They woke up this morning and they're like, hey! And you're like, go to bed already! Now, I'm exactly the opposite. Like, as a student minister, like, 11 o'clock, I'm like, okay, when's curfew? All right, I'm checking into my room. When's curfew? Sponsors, you got this? I'm going to bed. I mean, we're just different. And our differences are subtle. I mean, in our family, there's differences. In, in my marriage, there's differences. In your church, there's differences in, in what you want, what you prefer. But when you walk like Jesus, you walk in unity because you walk like him. Why do you think it is in the church that we're supposed to take communion every single week? Part 
of the reason to remember we're united with Jesus, that we commune with him. But part of the reason is to remember, like, the only thing that sometimes brings us together in unity is the fact that we all follow Jesus. Because we're all so different. And so we walk in unity. We walk like him. We also discover that we walk in holiness. That we don't walk like the Gentiles do. That we walk different now. And, and this should mean that, that at some point you recognize, I walk in a way that is going to allow God to use me because, because I look different. Now you know this term holiness, especially from the Old Testament perhaps. That holiness or ho- holy things or a holy people was, was something that was kind of set to the side and said, okay, God's going to use this, so we need to keep it like separate from everything else. And so do you walk that way where you're going, okay, I'm going to walk differently because I walk with Jesus and I want him to use my life. Number three, we see that he walked in love or that we should walk in love as his children. That this is his DNA. And my guess is if you picture Jesus and you picture Jesus walking around even this campus this weekend, you would picture him as a person who walks in love. Walking up to the person who looks like they're broken because you can tell a lot about a person by the way they walk, can't you? I mean, you you just look around your high school. And sometimes you can read it on people's faces. There is something going on in the life of that student. Are you the person who walks over to them? Even though it might be a social risk to you to walk over to them. And I know that's maybe a cliche thing to say. Here's the deal. I also know it's a thing that just doesn't happen all that often. Are you the person who walks in love where if you see someone in need, you're the person who's willing to sacrifice to make something happen? See, that's one of the things we love about Jesus, isn't it? He sees broken people, he stops. He sees a need, he helps take care of it. Even at the detriment of his own life. Do you walk in love? Number four, we see that we need to walk in light. At one time you were in darkness, but you need to walk in light. I remember when I was a kid, I think I was in junior high, there was a kind of an event like this, and they had all the stage lights turned off, and somebody came walking out on the stage, and all you hear is like this crash, like chairs crashing across the stage, and you're like, what just happened? Somebody made a huge mistake. And then they just turned on the lights, and they're like, hey, that's why we need to walk in the light. And I was like, oh, that was good, right? And the reality is, is that you know that walking in darkness is, I mean, some of you woke up in the middle of the night last night and there's like people laying around on the floor. You're like, oh no, I'm going to step on someone's face, right? Maybe some of you had your face stepped on last night. Like there is like this danger of walking in darkness. And Jesus says, no, no, I've come along with my word and I'm trying to shine some light on some things to go, no, no, don't walk that direction. When my kids and I go camping, we're going to go camping um, while my wife is in Taiwan this summer for uh, probably 10 days. And one of the things we'll, we'll have to do is at night get up sometimes and take them to the, the bathroom. And so I have this four D cell mag light that I can also like knock someone over the head if I need to. Not, not my kids. Um, but, but I'll carry this flashlight and, and we'll walk out and right. We'll walk to the outhouse or the bathrooms or whatever this is. And they'll like be close to me to make sure that like they're in this light. And, and they'll make sure that, that they're not going off on their own because they want to see where we're going. They want to have the security of being in this light. And the reality is this is what Jesus is calling us to. Don't walk in the way that leads to death anymore. Walk in the way that leads to light. And his word and his spirit reveal that. If you are concerned about that, Jesus says, then you will walk and you will be like me in how you walk. Number five, we see this. Walk in wisdom. Similar to walking in light. And these definitely overlap. And Paul said, look carefully how you walk, not as unwise, but as wise. Verse 17, I want to highlight. Therefore, do not be foolish. None of us want to be considered foolish. Like some of us, our worst fear is like falling down the stairs at school, right? Have you ever done that? Uh, We used to, in wintertime, these stairs would go all the way down to the dining hall. We used to see people like slide on ice down these stairs. You'd be like, oh, that was a 10. That was not nice. 
That was Zach Bullen. Um, and we used to, we used to like notice some of these things as people, and that's sometimes our worst fear. Like we don't want to be foolish. How do we prevent being foolish if we walk like Jesus? It's by understanding the will of God. How do we understand the will of God? Well, to put it simply, we go to scripture. And by the way, if you ever think, oh, God wants me to, and the Bible says, no, God doesn't want you to, the Bible's right, you're wrong. And, and we listen to God's prompting of, from his spirit. And the, the spirit's not going to say something that God doesn't say in scripture. It's not going to contradict that. And to walk in wisdom is to walk according to the path that God has for us to walk in light toward life. Again, it's not that God wants to rob you from life. He wants you to walk toward life. Do you trust him enough that that's what he wants for you? So this dynamic is, is really this in the letter, these five things that we see that Jesus walks like. This is his biometrics of how he walks. But then Paul, and we're not going to walk through all of these, but Paul then like integrates these into all these spheres of life. He's like, okay, so if you're going to walk like Jesus, um, I want you to walk like him in the people you encounter every single day. Like your family, as a child, as a parent. Will you walk like Jesus in your family? What about, what about the way you joke and the way you talk? Will you walk like Jesus in the way you joke? In fact, he says this about some of the ways that we talk about other people. He's like, sometimes you grieve the Holy Spirit of God. Like you make God's Spirit grieve because of the way you talk about each other. Because he created each of you. And if you believe he loves each of you and you talk about his child that way, it grieves his heart. So do you walk like Jesus as you talk about each other? Do you walk like Jesus in how you use uh, his example as wine or alcohol? But there's other substances that we could talk about as well. Do you walk like Jesus in how you live in authority? Do you walk in like Jesus by how you use your authority? Do you walk like Jesus in your sexuality? He mentions that. And that may be uncomfortable in the room. But the idea of walking in holiness and walking like Jesus, it just is so pervasive in this letter that after he deals with this, you are now alive with Jesus. He's like, okay, now that you're alive, are you going to walk like it? Are you going to walk like you're alive? Are you going to have such a, a level of devotion to Jesus that you're saying, Jesus, I love you and I appreciate so much what you have done for me that I want to walk, chapter 4, verse 1, in a way that's worthy Not to deserve what Jesus did, but in response to what Jesus did. Paul says, I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling you have received. So as you walk around campus today, here's my question. Can people hear your footsteps coming? Can they recognize your footsteps coming down the hall at school? Can they recognize them in your family? To where they they hear you coming and they go, there's a person who walks like Jesus. Let me pray for you. We'll head to our next session after we sing. Father, I thank you so much for the opportunity we have to be here to study your word. And God, I thank you for these students. God, I thank you for um, their desire today to listen to your word. And I pray, God, that you will help them on their walk. God, I pray that you will speak to them through your spirit and through your word. God, at times that you'll convict them, you'll challenge them. God, at other times, you'll encourage them to keep going when times are difficult. God, to recognize that this walk is not easy, that we will stumble and we will face dark times. And yet, if we keep following Jesus, he leads us to life like we've never known before. And God, he leads us to an ultimate life in you. And I pray for these students, God, that they'll continue their walk. We pray in Jesus' name.